Hi, I'm Sean K. Reynolds of Montecook Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Peter and Jessica talk about live-action role-playing games. In the news, a new setting is coming for Pathfinder, Starfinder is getting enhanced, new Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves toys are coming, and more, plus new listener questions and a brand new sketch about writing a sketch without Morse. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Frog Eyes Incorporated. Need ingredients for your latest potion, oil, elixir, ointment, filter, tincture, or tonic? Frog Eyes has the region's widest selection of beetle stings, newt's ears, troll blood, crocodile tears, dragon thorns, fairy wings, gnat warts, horse antennae, jabberwocky breath, and cheese. All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I'm afraid that we have bad news. There is no Russ. But only briefly, as listeners to last week's podcast will know, Russ is not available this week. He is moving house. So, fair play to him, man. We hope he's enjoying this as he listens to a bright, breezy Saturday in Southampton. I am your host, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. I am delighted to be here. And here with me, joining me on this momentous occasion, it is a lady whose caucasity is only matched by her audacity. It's the one! It's the only! It's, it's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. Um, Are you going to explain the joke or do you want to leave it be? I don't know. It never happened. I, I, I feel every week I have to explain your intro to people. So why should <laughs> I was just saying that is the caucasity is a bit of a joke. Uh, made in my household um, a lot because um, I am a white lady, in case anyone was not aware, uh, and my partner is neither of those things. Um, so it's it's a fun little joke we have in our household. Um. <laughs> so very white. It's like yes, you know, yeah. So do, whenever do not, do not meet Jessica Hancock outdoors. Indoors is her natural habitat. Unless the sun shines off her face, and you say, "Gondor calls raid." Exactly. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So this week Russ isn't here, so we have been true, left in true. charge, which may go really oh. well or may be terrible. I kind of feel like we're kids and like our parents are away. Like so we're like, oh let's just have a house party. I feel like it's gonna have this sort of vibes this week. Do you know what no, I mean? I was thinking can... more monkeys and peanut store, but your way also works. So yeah, I do I just yeah, That's I feel like we can be rebellious and do whatever we want. <laughs> you know? Uh, What's he gonna do? What's he what, going to do I... about it? Shoot me? I doubt it. Cool Ghostbusters? I don't know. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So anyway. Let's, let's get other people involved, though. Let's do some listener questions. Uh, and Russ is always like, keep it as short as possible. Don't ramble. But this week, I feel, because he's not here and cannot stop us, we'll talk and answer them for as long as we like. So, no. there. I, I mean, I might not ramble. Unlikely, but anyway, let's... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's, that, that is not the way to bet. Anyway, okay. Jessica, please tell me what are our listeners' questions. Well, one of them is, what is the RPG release you're most looking forward to this year? Oh, good question. Is 13th Age 2nd Edition out this year? Uh, yes, know. it's Pro- scheduled to is be. It? Yes, yeah, it was one of the uh, top 10 case... most anticipated games of the year, yeah. Yes, of course it is. Oh, yes, I, I, I would know this thing because I am on this podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, 
But time is, as we've established previously, a complete illusion and not I, something that we really pay a lot of attention to. I think you were away for that episode when we recorded the top ten as well. So in fairness oh, to okay. you, I will give yeah, you that yeah. pass. But yeah, that's mm, a good answer. Maybe. What were you yeah, excited about no. for it? Um, you well, just a fan of the system, talk- yeah? Like- yeah, I, I was talking about it with some guy today, a mm. uh, chap called Rob Donahue. He seems very nice. I like him. He's on Mastodon. And nice. um, nice. we were like, yeah, having a little, little learned chat in that mm-hmm. quiet and cerebral environment. So, so much unlike the... Um, gladiatorial pit fighting arena that is better known as twitter um that is very and true and we, we were like okay uh, he, he's talking about fourth edition which i don't have a lot of experience with i play i've started mm-hmm. playing a couple of games yeah and they're good and he's like identifying the good parts about fourth edition things like the power sources which nice. make a lot of sense and uh, mm-hmm. but one of the problems he personally had was that the powers didn't grow with you as you leveled and mm-hmm. once we're talking about that and like ideas coming from power source and stuff, I'm not, well, I start thinking 13th age because mm-hmm. it's a very modular system, very nice for that. And um, if you know how to run games of D&D, very easy to improvise from. Yeah. But we've got second edition coming out and mm-hmm. with a bit of luck and a following wind, it may address some of the issues I have with 13th age, which mm-hmm. are more like the social issues, but we shall have to wait and see. Uh, yeah. So that, that's where I'm at. Cool. I think the project that I'm most excited about are some things that we've got planned for EM Publishing, but I think it's boring for me to to talk about them more. So I'm going to talk about games I'm excited to kind of play that have been released this year. So one of them is Blade Runner by Free League. Um, so my mm-hmm. Kickstarter arrived from them a couple of months ago, a wee while mm-hmm. ago, but I'm going to run it for the first time this year. So I need to read through nice. it and get ready for that. I'm going to run it right. um, for nice. some friends. So that will be fun. Um, and also something that arrived, it's not new, but is to mm. me is I got thousand-year-old vampire which is a solo oh, journaling yes. rpg yes uh, and it's you can see it on my shelf behind me peter the listeners can't but it's a very mm. pretty shiny gold book and it mm. just looks gorgeous so i'm excited to my for my foray into solo rpgs so but other than that things yeah. that are technically being released this year that i'm excited about is also free leagues the walking dead because i mm. i really love the walking dead graphic novels and i'm just quite, yeah. i'm just quite hyped for that i like the setting and mm. i like free League's style of uh, storytelling in games so i think it'll be quite mm. good um, yeah. there, I'm, I'm aware there are other zombie tabletop RPGs available, um, but I am, yeah. I do want to check this one out. So, um, mm. yeah. That, that's so one that's, that's uh, exciting for you. Okay, that's good. Excellent. Do we have any other listener questions? Absolutely we do. So that, sorry, that question was from Adrian Amazing. Jones, I should have said. Hey, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. Um, another question we have is from Jordan Taylor, and they say, tell us about the first time you faced a dragon in a dungeon or other location. Ooh. I'm guessing Great. this is in a tabletop role-playing game and not in our real lives. Oh, right. Sorry. I'll have to think about a different set of things then. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just because I'm from Wales. So, you know, that's where dragons come from. So Mm, Naturally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Got to stay out from under that hill. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Where have I actually fought? You know what? It might actually be the Adventurous League. I was going to say, have you not fought a dragon? Uh, By this stage, actually, I fought those. But I'd actually played quite a lot of D&D before I saw my first dragon. Yeah, that's fair. It was actually like a little black wormling in one of Adventurous League season one. Um, we had, we'd had like a straight up bad time <laughs> to that point. <laughs> a straight up bad time. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to say carrion crawlers and like a load of a party. We were, we were not having the best, the best of days. Um, and yeah, there was this black dragon wormling and it was getting ready to fly off. So I did the only sensible thing. I attempted to put it in the headlock. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old chopper, my human fighter. Someone with a very direct approach to solving problems. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm trying to remember my first dragon encounter, and I am. Mm. I played D. I played RPGs for years before I played D and D. 
I think D&D yeah. I played for the first time five years ago, and I'm trying to... I'm pr- I really feel like we did fight a dragon at some point, but I yeah. can't rem- recall it. But the time I can recall fighting a dragon mm. is in the Dragonlance campaign that just ended. We had the finale on Tuesday of this right. week. And we fight... Spoiler alert. Not in the finale, but early before then, we do fight a dragon in Dragonlance. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. Shooketh. What? Um, and it was a black dragon that spat acid everywhere, and it was really lethal, and it pretty much just one-shotted somebody and they went down. Um, yeah. And that was kind of like, oh, damn, we're not high level enough for this uh, sort of situation. Should have bought more hit points. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I think the acid splash attack, they'd even evaded it. So it got half and still just it yeah. knocked them down completely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it was a pretty harsh time. I, 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 some, oh, some, someone that's played with me is going to be Ooh. screaming at me like, obviously this dragon encounter, some GM that carefully ran it for me and I probably really enjoyed at the time is probably shaking their fist at the sky at me. Should, but, should, should, yeah. should remember better. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that's the first time I fought a dragon. Okay. Not the first time I met a dragon. The first time I met a dragon was an Exalted. And uh, there's a dragon, and I'm like, gear it, and thinking, oh god, oh god, oh god, we're going to die. And then my wife's like, oh, hi, uh, would you like a cup of tea? And he's like, oh, yes, obviously, god, gasping for a brew. <laughs> and then we're sitting down having tea with a dragon. And I'm like, huh. Okay. They do things differently in Exalted. Yes. I'm not complaining, I still have all my limbs, which I was not betting on before. I've got, but, yeah. yeah, if we go by that, then we I have loads of encounters with dragons, I just haven't fought mm. them. I've had loads of nice conversations and they've given me like oh, tasks and things to do. Yeah. Um like yeah, I've I've met loads of them, actually. One of them was like a statue that was trapped in this statue yeah. and they were kind of sad about it and we had to break the statue, which would kill them but release them, and we're like, Oh, sorry about mm. this. And they were like, Oh, could you tell my I think it was their child, like their son that's a dragon. They live vaguely in this area. Tell them what happened to me because I just... Mm. So I had to go find this dragon and be like, um, excuse me. And the dragon was like, ah, I'm angry. And I had to be like, um, I got a message from your dad. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so that was... I have lots of interactions with dragons that weren't combat, which I think is more interesting because dragons mm. are mm. like quite smart, They're sentient very exciting. beings. Yeah. Um, it's what we so... do fantasy for. Like not necessarily exactly. kill a dragon, but yeah. to meet a dragon and say, yeah. whoa, dragons so are awesome. I've met dragons loads of times earlier than that, but I think one of my first times fighting a dragon was mm. in the dragon. But yeah, Jordan, mm. thank you very much for your question. Um, yeah, and then we have another question uh, from Art Lion. Le- or Leon, L-Y-O-N. Ah, Art Leon. Hello. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, not Lion. That, that would be a different... Anyway, they have asked, what aspect of the hobby, other than the actual playing of games, do you wish you had more time for? So the examples they've given is like painting minis, developing a setting, writing up your yeah. own monsters. So what sort of things, uh, what aspect oh. of the hobby, other than playing, would you like to make more time for? Oh, crikey. Uh, hmm. I guess probably I'm going to go for painting minis, but only because like it's sort of what my jobs now is to develop settings and spend yeah. time thinking about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually been thinking about class design, nice. which has been, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I've been analysing how you make a class for D&D, um, so that's all about 3,000 words and going north, but yeah, um, it's it's interesting, I think there's something to be said there, so I'll, I'll see how that goes. Fair enough. Um, I think mm. for me, mine would be like uh, the de- developing setting, so there's this, there's this game, mm. board game and digital game I'm obsessed with, which is called This War of Mine. Uh, which I've mm. probably spoken about before on this. It's mm. very sad, depressing. You're a civilian living in a war-torn uh, city. Is it France? Is it or uh, it's is made? It's in there? a. It's uh, made up in a fictional city for the setting, right. but it's heavily inspired by lots of different Eastern European 
Right, Balkan conflicts, etc. Exactly. Yeah. The location itself is, is fictional, though, but right, right. you see a lot of inspiration. You're like, I see. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I've been... I've, I'm fiddling about an idea of... To, I'd like to run a role-playing game in that setting. And there mm. is Grey Ranks, which does a similar sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I wanted something a bit more rules-light. And so I've been fiddling around, like, kind of tweaking uh, some different game settings to see if it could work with that. Um, mm. So I'd like to spend more time actually sitting down doing that so I could actually run it instead of just thinking about it in my brain. Yeah, that sounds uh, pretty interesting. But that would be the thing I'd like... But the thing is, I my whole life is tabletop RPGs. I'm very lucky. Like, it's my full-time job and it's I yes. love playing games. So sometimes when I don't mm. have the chance to do things that aren't playing games, it feels a bit like work. I'm like, oh, I need to do <laughs> this thing. Mm. But yeah, but um, so yeah, I guess we're both saying developing settings and creating stuff mm. and classes. Mm. So... Yes, that would be cool. Although I'll never be, I will never be a tabletop RPG writer or publisher in that way because I just don't think that's my, my skill set. Just to be very hey. clear, <laughs> yeah. Like um, three years ago, I was saying exact same thing. Yeah, but like I don't, just saying, I just don't. Yeah, next, you're minding your own business, going along, thinking, oh, I'll never do that. It's far too fiddly and complicated. It's like I really don't want to do it, and then blam, you're like, oh. Just what? Just one subclass. It, it can't hurt. And the next thing you know, you're writing books about the damn stuff. So, just saying. Well, probably not. Anyway, <laughs> shall we move on to the news? Yes, let's segue forwards. Let's segue forwards. Well, first of all, so we've briefly talked about algorithmically generated artwork, otherwise colloquially known as AI art. Yes. Before. Um, so, I mean, we're not experts in this, but my opinion True. and what we said publicly in publishing is we don't know enough about this. There's enough grey areas about the ethics and legality of how to use it. So we're not going to use it hmm. um, until yeah. those grey areas are cleared up. And also when our, the people we work with as artists, we want to continue working with them and supporting them. So that's what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And Paizo pretty much said a very similar thing. They have made oh, a statement nice. publicly saying they're not going to be using algorithmically generated artwork. Uh, so that's the same as RCM Publishing, the same as Chaosium have said. Um, but Paizo obviously are a really big player in the industry, so them making a public statement about this is quite a big deal. Um, but they've yeah. they've said, so one thing, they, the key thing they've said in it is that our customers expect a human touch to our releases. And so long mm. as ethical and legal circumstances surrounding these programs remains murky and undefined, we are unwilling to associate our brands with this technology in any way. Mm. Yeah, so they're just they're not going to be using it anymore. And they said they're adding new language to their creative contracts that stipulates to enforce that. Um, yeah. And they're adding guidance to their Pathfinder and Starfinder infinite programs so the FAQs clarify those things as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that came out. Strong. That's good. So I wonder if... Yeah. I know there's so much discussion in the industry about it. And well, some people are just going full steam ahead and mm-hmm. using it. Um, and, yeah, it's... Uh, it's tricky. Like yeah. I personally could see a value in it as a yeah. placeholder, mm-hmm. placeholder art, just to get the idea. Yeah. But like ultimately, my aim would always be to get to hire someone to actually do something with the correct number of fingers and eyes. Yeah, for, for me, it's about the ethics of it in terms of it. Do they do they scrape to use other people's artwork without their consent? Because there's and I don't know. Oh, definitely. I don't know hundred percent if that's the case or not. Because I don't. I'm not knowledgeable mm. enough to know that but i know there's enough murkiness that makes me pause yeah. and I, I feel there's a real gap where we could yeah. basically have an ar one of these ar things like know, mm. a mid-journey clone that's trained entirely on public domain art mm-hmm. and that would be amazing and that that'd be fine yeah they'd be like probably wouldn't be like the best stuff in the world yeah but it would do 
it would fill a real gap in the market that's needed. And it's mm. all Creative Commons work anyway. So Yeah, so I wonder if something like that could be the case. And it, it also, like, I just don't think it will ever have as much soul. Like, I've been using the chat mm. GPT. What's it called, chat? Chat GPT, yeah. GPT, that's the one, yeah. I was yes. I was unconfident. I was like, chat some letters. Um, Ma- mansplaining as a service, I've heard that described as. Yeah, but I've been using that. And it does write, it can write stuff for you. Because some of my friends are using Ooh. it to, like, test out, can it? generate settings for you and it can do a bit but there's an element of it it yeah it can do it and it can do quite basic stuff but it does lack soul is what Hmm. i'd say so i think it's fine to give you a bouncing off point for scenarios yeah i.e and i might ask it to do some maths for me on dice because if i'm working out Hmm. dice mechanics and i'm like what's the average if i roll this and this and this it could probably do that for me and explain it quicker than i could actually actually that's one of the things where it's le- it's most likely to give you very confidently the wrong answer. Oh, okay. Because it's like a chap called um, Ted something. He said, "Can you give me the biography of was it Ted Deansborough?" Basically, his name's Ted Deansborough or something like that. Mm-hmm. He said, "Give me the biography of Ted Deansborough." One thing, his own biography. Mm-hmm. It told him he died in 2012. Oh. So it's like, huh? And if you ask it about things like make me a D and D character sheet, it will do something that looks very much like a D and D character sheet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not right. The maths is wrong, but you know, it looks exactly like a D&D character. It's like you know, top top quality. It's just not right. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so Pfizer, I said no to it, and as of we at the moment, because there's so much yes. that we do not know. Um, but no. Pizo doesn't use is against AI in their in their games, except for their characters, such as in Starfinder. Because oh, Starfinder oh, Enhanced has been released. Thank you very much. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this, Peter? About, do you know much about Starfinder Enhanced? Uh, no, nothing. All right, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about yeah, it then. Tell me. I'm, okay. I'm very interested. Um, yeah. so, uh, so it's part of the kind of... It's similar to the Unchained line for Pathfinder. So it's not a new edition, mm-hmm. but it's a collection of different options and updates on the core classes and species. Um, okay. So they've they've gone over loads of different classes, um, added mm. new class features, different options, mm. and it's uh, introduced 12 new playable species uh, to Starfinder as well. Mm. There's new archetype spells, equipment. So it's like a bringing everything together and like updating it for Starfinder. And it's got options for narrative starship combat, which interests me as well. Okay, so yes. they sort of upgraded their Starfinder to have some extra stuff in. Exactly, yes. And yeah. it's got expanded oh, nice. creature uh, companion yeah. options, um, uh, yeah, so it it looks quite cool. If you're in Starfinder and you're mm. playing that, it looks like loads of stuff's been pulled together. And the cover's very cool. I don't have you. Should I show you mm. the cover here? Oh, yes, please. All right, I'll show you the link for what I'm going through there. But it's very cool. If you're listening, there's like yeah. two um, heroes uh, in front of this portal, shooting at a load of looking like undead zombie uh, with mechanical parts plugged into them type ah. thing. Uh, uh, yeah, they looking... got somebody with three three arms and three guns, one in each hand. Yes, <laughs> blazing away. Yeah, and then you have got like a, it looks like somebody doing a bit of the old psychic powers. Yes, so it looks um, looks cool. Yeah, yeah, there, there's like a touch of the Shadowrun astral plane vibe to it because you've got sort of the yes. eerie green and those beautiful purples in the background, mm-hmm. and even a spot of thousand year old vampire because the sort of mycelial network effect that is surrounding them mm-hmm. looks very much like the cover on the wall behind you it does doesn't it mm. yeah it's catching yeah, the light so, no. anyway but yeah it's yeah, right, starfinder enhanced yeah it looks great and it does and that's as we know that's not an ai generated mm. art cover so as previously discussed mm-hmm. um but yeah so so paizo have have been busy talking about ai art making new yes. books 
But not only have they been making books for Starfinder, mm. they also have been finding things for Pathfinder. Mm. Uh, so they are making a return to Tianzia. I'm probably saying that wrong. Mm. I, 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 again, I don't know. I think it's based on. Often... I, I admire the design of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Yes. I don't know a lot about the uh, Galarian or the World of Lost Omens, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, but yeah, so yes. uh, so they're making uh, source books and adventure paths for the setting. And so oh, nice. characters will go from 1st to 12th level. Uh, and Ooh. the books, interestingly, they're doing them seasonally. So there's one that each book is a season of the year. So the first book that's coming oh, out is The okay. Summer That Never Was. Wow. And it's coming out in October. And it's, as it said, I'm just reading this here from the press release. Uh, it places the characters in the haunted lands of Shenmen after the town of Willowshaw celebrates the Season of Ghosts, which is a local festival uh, meant mm. to appease evil spirits of the land and ensure the safety of the village for the coming year. Of course, something went wrong and the party must intervene. Hey! Hey! Wow. So that looks so, like some spooky like, fun in time for Halloween. Four, four, four books a year minimum. That seems like a lot of work. Um, I think so they've. Fair play to I think they've done a lot of the work and are now just kind of putting it out there. Um, but in 2024 as well, they've mm. got kind of lore books coming out. So the Lost Omens yeah. TNZ World Guide is coming out. So it goes through all the mm. cultures and the history and everything nice. like that. And there's a, a character guide one as well, which has got new ancestries and backgrounds and heritages and, and things for the mm. setting. But yeah, so they've also announced their creative team, which has lots of you know kind of cool people on there as well. Um, so there's like Banana Chan, Connie, uh, Connie Chan, um, people I recognise going through the list straight away. There's loads of really cool people. They're just people I've, I've, I know quite well from actual play and being on and stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a whole, they've released the full list of loads of really talented people, uh, loads of talented writers. I think there's about like 20 people there. So this has clearly been a really big, a big thing that they've been working on for a while. So yeah, and I think it's a setting a lot of people are quite excited for. So Excellent. yeah. I am. I'm going to start playing Pathfinder soon. Oh yeah. I mentioned what, Pathfinder yeah. Second Edition. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So and it's that's it's meant to be this month. We're going to be starting. So yeah, we're getting our we've got our little setting of what's going on, the setup for it in the world. Um, and I'm going to be starting to try and make my character for the first time using Pathfinder, which will be so interesting because I've never played Pathfinder, <laughs> and I'm great oh. at learning new rules. I would 100% get the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried making one on my own. I wasn't smart enough, so. Oh, okay. I use an app. Fair enough. Um, that's fine. Then you can just have it on your phone. Yeah. That works, I guess. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll yeah. give that a go. Yeah. Because um, I think sometimes having online character sheets generated for you just makes things easier with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are trying to do that. We're do- we've got a project for that with uh, Level Up Advanced yes. Edition. I've seen that. I'm mm-hmm. super excited about it. Yeah. So on the website, we've got like a first level character generator yeah. that doesn't go beyond that. So it's quite basic, yeah. but it's just to like get you started. But we are mm. investing, and there's a whole project plan up on the site uh, to get one built proper. And yeah, yeah. boy, it's going going for a limited creation first, yes. and then expanding it has yeah. stuff going on because you've got like a lot of stuff going on to the site on a regular basis. Yeah. The Cape Pass Gazette material, yeah. which I'm hoping will also continue to be yes open source onto the uh, website because. Yeah. I've got some of my stuff there. I want to. I want the convenience to just be able to yeah. use it from there. Yeah, there is there is a plan to do that. Um, mm. But yeah, so absolutely, so stuff's going on and it's happening, which is very exciting. And I hope that makes it more accessible for some people because um, mm. I think so many people got so used to D and D Beyond with mm. doing stuff and things. So when you have to go back yeah. to like your pen and paper writing it out, you're like, what is happening here? 
Um, <laughs> I disapprove of this most strongly. Yeah, this exactly. Much. And I just think it makes it more accessible and, yeah, it's a good place to start. No, no I mean, the, the more ways we can make it easier to, for people to play, mm-hmm. the better user experience we can offer to people playing games. Exactly. The happier I will be. Because I think that's quite a lot of stuff that puts people off. It's like, there's a lot of paperwork. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of weird wookie hobbies. Mm-hmm. RPGs, by far, by far, it's not even close to have the most paperwork. And yeah. that's, I mean, you know, going paintballing. Yeah, you might sign a release form, but you don't do the paperwork. That's right, I mean, yeah. Crikey. Yeah. Page after page of the damn stuff. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I no, that's no worries. I feel like I've been talking for a while. Do you have any, any news you want to share this week? Have you seen anything groovy oh. on Kickstarter? or? Oh, it's funny you should mention that. Oh, Obviously, you know, we'll talk, tell you what, we do need to mention Powder Dry, or was it Keep Your Powder Dry? That's the yes. Ian Publishing Kickstarter. I we launched a Kickstarter. That. Yes, yeah. I did. I backed I that Kickstarter. Thank somewhere. you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, yeah, so pretty much we, so it's got some, I've, I've, so I found it, so basically we do a lot of these quick starters, we call them, by going yes. to ins, Ian, Insider, Ian. Oh. Ida, which is our online uh, magazine that produces new yes. content every week. I went back into the archives of that and we have this awesome collection of uh, firearms for 5th edition yeah. uh, called Keep Your Powder Dry. And it's written in like 2017. Yeah. And it's written by Walt... Chinachowski, is that right? Yes, that's right, yeah. And And James Hayek was the editor on it. So it's really talented people. A lot of people that go on in the industry to do other stuff start working on insider so it's mm. quite a cool place to you know features very cool people but anyway um and it was just really awesome and um so you've got like 40 different guns um and it goes through each each um article so it's, it's split into five parts talks you through different eras of when guns were made like so the first one is looking at really early firearms when it was you know gunpowder was just a thing um Ocubus and so forth blunderbuss that's what yeah, exactly, game. exactly. Um, and then it goes, and the last section is part four and five have got unusual firearms. So these were crazy mm. ideas people had that didn't catch on because they were impractical or like yeah. a bit silly or whatever. So they all really existed, but they they have really fun stuff in. You know, so there's like a harmonica gun or something somewhere <laughs> and, oh, like, yeah, yeah. and things like that, which is just like amazing, 10 out of 10. Um, but, yeah. but these were all inspired by things that, that were real. So mm-hmm. Walt put a lot of research into into making this, which is very cool. Um, yeah. And we've also one of the um, some of the features relate to the alchemist class that we made mm-hmm. um, as part of the master's class codex. But we're aware not everyone's going to have the master's class codex. So if you don't, we've put that yeah. in as a freebie as well. And I've got a copy of the master class codex. Well, then nice. it's all right for you. But I appreciate yeah. that not everyone that backs this Kickstarter might. Um, yeah. But if you do want to get the Masterclass Codex, we're actually selling it 50% off on the website at the moment on sale. Nice. So if you get your copy of this and look at it and go, actually, I really like the Alchemist class, we've got a book mm. with 16 other classes. Where that yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so we put that on Kickstarter and it's going really well. So it's Guns for your 5th edition games. So it's written for, because it was written in 2017, written for 5e, yeah. but it is pretty compatible with Level Up Advanced 5th edition. Um, oh, so you yeah. could pop them in your game there if you wanted to do them there. So it would go really well in like, the zeitgeist setting and yeah. yeah, that is my Kickstarter news. I launched that on Tuesday and put that together, which I'm very excited about. And you can hear my my lovely voice on the Kickstarter video because um, I did everything for that. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's that's on there. So that is a Kickstarter thing. But mm. other than stuff I'm doing, what Kickstarter thing would you like to talk about? Well, 
This is perhaps a little different from mm-hmm. our normal Kickstarter affair. Okay. Long-time listeners to the show will remember Shades of Vengeance and mm-hmm. the various errors and so forth. This one is a short movie that uh, Shades okay. of Vengeance are creating. Uh, Ed Jowett, the mastermind behind that, mm-hmm. uh, is giving a go at uh, Occupied, which is a, a short story told in movie format. Okay. So it's going to be like a little short movie. Um, about uh, superheroes in a world which is sort of like occupied by some nebulous but uh, terrifying aliens. Oh. Um, as I understand it, it looks quite good. Uh, there's a there's there's a lot of error to go look at, but uh, mm. it's uh, tricky to get get one's hands on some of it. But yeah, no, I'm oh, I'm, I'm pretty interested in that one. That's uh, that's come out. That's got some. They they go for about nineteen minutes, mm-hmm. but they're not powerful enough to defeat like the old gods and so forth. So um, yeah, nice. There, there's a lot on. It looks like it's got some fairly good production bar- values as well. So yeah, they're only just, like, raising goal, funds. They only went goal three thousand five hundred, and they're nearly there to be honest. So mm. yeah, yeah. Nice. it's very niche, but it's sort of quite cool as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, it looks like the sort of thing that one could get behind, and you could. Get a copy of the movie for ten pounds, or get mm-hmm. it on DVD for twenty. So yeah, nice. Not bad. Not a bad share. Not a bad share. As these things go, sounds yeah. nice. I like that. It's kind of adjacent. One big Kickstarter mm. that's come on and caught my eye is our friends at Frogging Unicorn Games have launched the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, it's an urban fantasy cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. It's not cyberpunk. That's a different genre. Uh, called did Subversion. Not, did I not, in fact, mention this last last week? Oh yes, you did. But it's out yes. now. Fantastic. And it pretty cool okay. now because you've spoken about it. Oh, well, there we go. Any other Kickstarters caught your eye then? There, there, there are two. Uh, I've got a D&D one and a non-D&D one. Lovely. Which would you like to hear about first? Uh, non-D&D. Non-D&D one. Okay. This one is from uh, Corviday Games. It's a sort of there for the Zine Quest 2023 tabletop mm-hmm. ring yep. game. It's quite a. It's going to be quite a small uh, packet of information, but... Wait till I tell you what it's about. Okay. It, it's about speedrunning. Right. Killing Hitler. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the, the whole the whole is you're a bunch of like various um, teams going back as part of a sports show to go back in time to June 16th, 1938. Mm-hmm. And after exactly seven years, six days, 23 hours and 15 seconds, you reappear in the present. You can't really change the future, but most importantly... You can kill Hitler for fun. And it, the, the the idea is it's a professional sports team, so they're going to make a game check out of it, which is going to rely on Inglorious Bastards, John Wick Avenger's puppy, pro sports, and of course time travel. And, and quite frankly, I'm like, well, yeah, this seems like a worthy course, and I feel it, I feel it deserves my my support. So I thought I'd give that a shout. Well, there we go. I was about to say, very Inglorious Bastard vibes there, so um makes 100%. sense that they've, they've listed that there. That's right. I do have a non D and D TTRPG to discuss as oh, well. Really? Uh, I might jump in. Um, so we might be familiar with Alice is Missing. Um, oh. So they are doing an yeah. expansion for that. There's the Silent Falls oh, okay. expansion, which is on Kickstarter now. So apparently, and the Alice is Missing, as we talked about before, is in development at Paramount as well. But yeah, so so, so if you're into kind of Alice is Missing and that kind of style of because you do it by text message or, you know, things yeah, like that, yeah. sending it to each other. I know some people did it by um, voice notes as well, which appealed mm-hmm. to me more because I don't really like writing because I'm quite dyslexic. So mm. that stresses me out. So the idea that you could send a voice mm. note via WhatsApp for it. 
Um, but yeah, so... Yeah. I mean, that is a game that, to me, screams it's perfect to play asynchronously mm-hmm. with friends, like a sort of a play-by-post game almost. Yes. Across a week. Yeah. But I'm told that you all have to sit at, at, at more or less the same time. I'm like, well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I... it's like, it's all text messages. If you can't, if you can't just ignore a text message until you're ready to deal with it, then I don't know what to say. Yeah, I think you're sure you could adjust the game to play it that way if you wanted mm. as well. But I, I yeah. think it's meant to be an intense emotional experience as well in the way. So the idea that you're sitting there all going through it whilst being apart is kind of, um, kind I, of I nice think as could, well. I, I think you could do that as well, though. But yes. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. I was saying. Um, but anyways, that was my yeah. non-D&D tabletop property thing. Do you have a D&D thing? Oh, do I have a D&D thing? I have one hell of a D&D thing. It's the Lazy DM's Forge of Foes for 5e. It's uh, the wonderful chap Sly Flourish Marvelous. has bought out a 128 pages philosophy, tips, tricks, monster toolkits. Mm-hmm. They've got a 30 page sample PDF out there. Um, it's looking pretty exciting. They've got some things there, which obviously we're very much on board with decolonizing monster design. Mm-hmm. Understanding challenge rating, how to run monsters if you're a new games master, understanding the action economy, which is a phrase I've seen in print on the forums many times, but it's pretty much the first time I've actually seen it written for somebody's book, if I recall. So um, I'm looking very much forward to uh, getting my hands on a copy of this because it looks, uh, yeah, it looks pretty sweet, you know. The Lazy DM's um, Companion, did you say? No, no, this is Lazy DM's Forge of Foes. Oh, different one, different one. Sorry, I was thinking about the companion. I was like, I thought that was out already. Oh, but yeah, the I was getting confused. That's this what I was thinking. This is the next it, well, one. You're wrong, aren't you? Got yes. it, got it, got anyway, it, got it. It's already smashed its funding goal with 88,000 against 25,000 uh, goal. And of yeah, it, it looks pretty mint. Nice. Not going to lie, not going to lie. Um, I'm actually, I might just go and back that one. Yeah, yeah. do it, do it now. Live on the show. Okay. Ooh, yes, yes. I'm just gonna have. Anyway. A, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have a look at it right now. Lazy and yeah, yeah. Foes. Oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I thought I. I got confused with the the other one. I was like, I swear that's already. Available, oh yeah, that's right? like yeah, a couple yeah. of years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. Um, I was confused, but now I see this is a, new, a whole new book. Yes. Nice. Yes, it's very nice. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm just looking at it now. But this is not interesting. The podcast. I'll look at it. Um, in my free time. Where are we now? So, uh, shall we... I give you some more news? I, I'm, I'm out of Kickstarters. If you've got more news, I'm super into it. I have some news. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. as we mentioned before, the Dungeons & Dragons Honours Amongst Thieves movie is coming out later. Uh, and yes. I think what we might do is um, we might go, uh, as a podcast, go to watch it and then record the podcast afterwards if possible. Or just ah. do our do our recount of it will be the plan. Yes. Um, But, because a movie is coming out, Hasbro like, you know what we should do? We should sell mm. stuff and things for the movie. What? So, uh, but yeah, we've. I think we've been talking for the last few weeks. Like stuff has been appearing, but there's like more stuff and things. There's been an explosion yeah. of like merchandise that's going to be coming out. So, like the Dicelings toy monsters that we talked about before that turned to D twenty dice. They've um, put out for a Displacer Beast, a Blue Beholder, a White Dragon. Um, We've got action figures for all of the different mm. class members. Ah, um, do they have realistic kung fu groups? Well, that, that article link I sent you before, if you scroll down, has yes. a picture of uh, Doric the Druid in her owl bear, or uh, bear owl, I think it should be. They made a typo yeah. error there. Um, form. Whoa, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of articulation. Yes. Uh, so it's an action figure opposed to a mini. 
but I guess if you wanted to just play D&D with action figures, you could now. Um, with that size, just like mini scaled up, why not? Um, yeah. And uh, they've also got a line of action figures that they released previously on the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Um, and they were missing a few members. They're, they've come back and in August. The ones that they were missing will join the rest of the group. So it was Eric, Presto and Sheila uh, are also available now as well. Because if you remember, we talked about before, we're like, oh, some people are missing. Is this a clue? Does it mean something? And they're like, no, it doesn't. We just didn't have them ready. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of the news of that. So there's going to be loads of D&D merch uh, coming out. I wonder how well it will do, because I know some people are still unhappy with D&D following the, the whole uh, OGL situation. I think um, some people I, I, have okay moved with, on. I'm okay with D&D. I'm, I'm not happy with Hasbro. So, you know. Yeah. If you want, that, that's the distinction I draw. Oh, okay. like, yeah, I, I quite enjoy my D&D, but Hasbro, no, I'm, I'm less than happy with them and their decisions. Okay. They seem bad to me. Okay. Anyway, that's just me. I don't expect anyone else to care. Yeah. That's just where I personally stand. Yeah, I'm just uh, curious to see what happens with it because hmm. I know, like, like I say, there's some people that care, there's some people that don't care, there's some people that aren't, like, don't know because they're, like, new to the hmm. hobby and haven't got involved in it, so... I am just interested to see what happens. I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you get all sorts of people who say all sorts of horrendous things. Like, you know, why, 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 why would I care about that? It's like, I don't know. Do you like, do you like having more than one get one book per quarter? No? Okay. Anyway, uh, no, but um, I, I'll probably, like, I, I think I'll probably enjoy this movie. It's got a lot of people that I like to watch in it. And also, I wish to encourage this sort of movie because it makes me happy. Fair enough. But yeah, I think that has come to the end of the news. This week. Yes. Okay, Peter, it's time to do the sketch. Yes. There, yeah, let's go for it. Good news. Russ isn't here this week. He normally writes them. True. So we get to do whatever we want this week. What? Oh, wow. Oh, that means that we don't have to have the things we don't like in that. Yeah, so no clowns, for example. No clowns. I don't have to talk about bear owls, so that's always a plus. Yeah. I'm not going to have long words that I don't understand because I'm dyslexic as well. So things I don't struggle to read, yeah. Valid, valid. We won't have we won't have to have, like, any words that Russ has written mm-hmm. and he cannot pronounce. Yes. That's important. Yeah. Or I mean, we won't have him laughing at his own jokes. Yes. Because that, that's also super handy. That's the thing. Excellent. Handy. Yeah. So we can, we can pretty much talk about anything we want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely anything. Like, the world mm-hmm. is our oyster. This sketch can be whatever we want. Anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, um, I, what what have you uh, what have you got ready for us? Um, well, I didn't. I I went to sit down and do it actually, but it's actually um, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult. I don't know if you've. So I don't. It's quite difficult. I didn't really come up with anything. Did you have you have you got something? Oh, um, well, I I I've been quite busy. I got distracted by um, shiny things on my phone. Okay. All right. No problem. Okay. Okay. No, no we, we 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 can do this. How how hard could it be? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what ideas do we have? We could write... So we can write... Let's do something now. What should we no, write no. a sketch about? Uh, well, we do know the listeners have a lot of tolerance for absurdism. Okay. So maybe we could do something that's like really meta. Right. Uh, we could do... Hear me out here. Okay. Bear with me. Bear with me. Okay. We could do a sketch, right? hmm About writing a sketch. Oh. Yeah, that sounds pretty yeah. good, actually. That'll, yeah, that's good. Okay. okay. Actually, yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. about it, yeah. if we're doing that... We've, yeah, we've pretty yeah. much just done that. True, true. So I think I think we're done. Yeah, yeah. I it's just like I I can't help but feel I can't help but feel we're forgetting something. Well, if you forgot about it, it's probably not that important. Yeah, you're right. 
Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? So, this week, I thought we could talk about, um, because we both, uh, Peter and I, uh, do LARP, otherwise known as live action role-playing, and Russ doesn't. Mm. So we thought, while the two of us are here, we could have a chat Mm. about where role-playing games meet LARP, and the mm. overlaps, the similarities, the differences, and just that general thing. Because I, I think they're hobbies that kind of go hand in hand, but a lot of people see them as entirely different. And I just huh. I think it's interesting to talk about. Wow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. for me, so I mm. see role playing, there's a big there's a big spectrum that we kind of talked about before, yeah. where you have role playing that's very much like a tactical miniature combat game, and then you have mm. it on the other end of the scale where it's almost like amateur dramatics um doing improv and things like that so there's yeah. like a and there's a scale and i think all of it is good all of it is great <laughs> there's not one better than the other it's just different and then yeah. larp for all valid me, all valid yes, yes. Mm. and larp for me is the far end of the freeform scale because it's kind of like you're role playing mm. but you're just standing up walking about in your character and maybe you have you know not rolling dice like the mechanics are generally a bit lighter um so it's, it's on often the, yeah yes so, I mean, it really depends because there's loads of different styles of yes. laughs. But for me, it Ooh. kind of sits on that spectrum. But when I first got into role playing, which is a little while ago, it was in the mm. mid to early, late 2000s, noughties, <laughs> um, when I was doing that, um, there was this kind of yeah. um, social hierarchy view of nerds that I had. And it was oh, like right. the general nerds that just like nerds and movies and stuff looked mm. kind of down on the people that played um, like Warhammer miniature battle games, they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're geeks, True. but you know they're they're, they're really weird because they're That's doing it. they're yeah. doing their like things like that. And the people that played yeah. uh, like Warhammer like battle games like that were like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah but there's these role player guys that sit around and talk in funny voices around a table. Like we're nerds, but they're really weird. They're they're like the lower level. Yeah. And then the role players I heard were people like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we do this and that's fine. But there are people that dress up and walk around in full costume and stuff like do LARPing. Mm-hmm. They're really weird. Um, mm-hmm. So when I first started, there was this like thing that LARP was like the bottom of the, the totem pole socially of, of weirdness. Mm. But I always thought that sounds really cool. It's just pretty much like getting to play pretend as adults. And when I was mm-hmm. a kid, I yes. loved playing pretend. And that's pretty much what mm-hmm. this is. You're just immersing yourself into a world of whatever genre interests you and yeah and i also was a i am also a washed up theater kid so that element probably you know <laughs> so so those the, the meeting of those two things just really appealed to me um but because of that attitude there wasn't i found there wasn't as many opportunities for me to get into larp i was also worried about safety as well because like I don't know. There are some things I'm like, oh, I'm not a very touchy-feely person anyway. But I did hear about mm. some LARPs where things went wrong, where there was like romance plots and things and there wasn't clear mm. boundaries set. And, you know, you oh, can right. imagine the things that can go wrong with that. And I was like, oh, yeah. as a as a woman in gaming, I don't want to put myself mm. 
in that scenario. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I didn't go for it for absolutely ages. But I have been doing LARPs mm. for probably about five years now, and I really enjoy it. Mm. But yeah, but Peter, no, yeah. I don't know what your experiences were and your thoughts on this. Um, I started off probably about 98, 99, uh, went through to about, I don't know, 20, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously quite a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's like but, the other yeah. day. Yeah, of course it was. Oh, oh, sorry. Anyway, um, that, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was around the time I started laughing, actually. So I've been laughing for more than five years. So that's more than five years ago now, isn't it? It's more like seven. Yeah, yeah, but I suspect you've had a bit of a break, eh? Um, yeah, so what, what basically um, I sort of was, I'd sort of done a bit of role playing mm-hmm. uh, with my brother, but just like a, essentially a duet game, as we describe it now. Okay. Um, where I'd had like a bunch of characters of the fighting fantasy system. Oh, cool. Then bounced off it. And I was like in a chemistry lecture chatting to um chap I knew and he was telling me, Oh well it was pretty intense. They were shooting arrows at me at the weekend. I was like is, What is your quite, life? <laughs> isn't that quite dangerous? <laughs> and he's like, Oh no, no, it's all completely safe. Uh, it's like, Oh, okay, well this sounds relevant to my interests. Turned out you should go along and hit people with rubber swords. I'm like Wow, this is this is living my best life here. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd never heard of LARP, um, never heard of anything like. I barely heard of tabletop. Mm-hmm. That's that's been doing it. So um, yeah, so I went to, went along and did that. Very very poor costume. It's gone from like I, I remember like one of my first time I went to a big festival LARP, which is essentially it's called a festival LARP, and that's because it bears a resemblance in the number of people to a music festival, right. where you got like a big pile of them. And you mm-hmm. can go around to various different camps. Uh, like generally you have like a, a scout camp, mm-hmm. which is all enclosed and you've got like exclusive use. And you go around and you do stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them are player versus monster and require a monster team to dedicate their mm-hmm. time to it. This was Curious Pastimes. Okay. So it was uh, it was definitely a thing. Um, I, I still remember like the first night I was there. I'm, I'm walking along, had my sword, mm-hmm. had my like, yo... Uh, cloak tied like a little knot around it, nice. it was like proper 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 like little kid stuff and uh we came across some people on the path who uh started getting quite friendly and like you know they all kicked off and um after that i was just like uh that sort of adrenaline and excitement um has been something that i've been hunting to various degrees of success ever since so yeah um there's all sorts all sorts of LARP. I mean, yeah. you don't have to hit people with swords. Yeah, That's not I, I was just going to say, I've never done um, a LARP that has combat in it that, in that sense. Mm. I know there's a really big one to my friends do called Empire LARP, which has yes, elements yes. of that as well. And they love yeah. it. And I've been wondering yes. if I want to go along. Because most of the LARPs I've done are mm. what would be called like parlor LARPs or like Nordic LARP, where there's, there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. combat. Um, that's not the key mechanic in it. No, no, um, no. But I'm, I'm intrigued by the combat side of it. Because I think when most people yeah. think of LARP, they do think of that almost like it's not the same as reenactment i'm, I'm aware yeah. but it, no, it, they think of it very much in that sort of genre um uh, compared I, to I all will the other parlops yeah it, it does photograph much better yes and when you're filming videos if you have like a bunch of nerds having a mosh in a field it does tend to look quite spectacular yes uh no i i, I have a lot of time for nordic and freeform larps mm-hmm. um I've had some excellent fun at them because, as I said, they vary in scale. Like, you could mm-hmm. have potentially, like, five or six people up to 20. And I feel after that, it sort of breaks out into the, like, 
hundred odd scale, and then after that you're going on to the thousand odd scale. And yeah. Empire is very much on the on that end yeah. scale. And I, I do know some people who are super into that, so yeah. that's that's quite fun. I do think I I've been to a couple of empires, but not not loads. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it all just depends, really. Yeah. It can. It, but obviously, it's easier to do it in the UK than it is in America, because as the saying goes. 100 years is a long time and 200 years is a long time in the US. 200 miles is a long distance in the UK. <laughs> and, well, you know, it's, it's just like we work on a much uh, much smaller scale in terms yeah. of things. But it means that we've got higher density, which does mean that in-person stuff is, yeah, can yeah, be yeah. easier to do. And you need that sort of critical mass of numbers. Yeah. And also, we don't have bears. There are no bears in the UK yes. outside of, like, zoo. There's no, there's no wolves roaming around as far as I'm aware. Yes. And that's a good thing. And there's no poisonous snakes either. I mean, yes. you've got the adder, but I don't think anyone's ever seen a ladder. They, and quite frankly, they run away the from just you. Hard to run when you have no legs, but sliver at high speed, 100%. I once yeah. saw an adder because my mum's dog was annoying it, which is very stressful because I was like, dog, you will just die. Do not fight this beast. But it did just run away. I say run. It doesn't have legs. It's a snake. But, you know, yeah. it slithered it, away. It, it, Excellent stage Very quickly. Very quickly. But anyway, excellent stage left for Super Slip it with a purpose. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. there's loads of different styles of LARP. The ones I do tend to be oh. more pile up, like you say, that are like less than 20 people. And yeah. I did a lot of Regency ones first because, first of mm. all, get to dress up in cool dress, which is yes. fun. Um, yes. And also, it sounds sad, but part of the reason I did it is because in Regency times, people it's not okay to touch people generally so i was yes. like that will remove that that fear i had about random strangers oh, yeah. coming and touching me <laughs> which i might yeah. not want um mm-hmm. and so it felt much more safe and also it was a genre i was familiar with because you know you can you can pop on a pride and prejudice film of any genre mm. and then you're like i get it um and it made it made mm. sense to me because i did english uh studied english at school so lots of those book, classic books i'd read so i was like this is a world that's familiar to me I know there's very structured social rules to operate in and I get to wear a cool dress. Excellent. Yeah, so and I, I played a lot of those style ones. I'm in one with my, my friends now, which one of my friends is writing for a group of us, about 20 people, which feels really good because it's all people I know. So it feels like a very yeah. comfortable place, you know, place to, to play the game in. Um, and yeah. we're planning on, we play about every six months or so. So the game evolves mm. and moves on. So it's this big epic empire we're part of and there are some mm. mechanics in it. Um, hmm. so I want to talk about different like mechanics in LARPs because obviously in combat oh, LARPs okay, yeah. Yeah. there's like really strict rules about combat I assume uh, yes yeah like um, it, it depends what you're doing um, I found laser tag based LARP to be pretty exciting okay yeah yeah. Uh, that's, uh, there was last time I checked which was been a couple of years because mm-hmm. you know I am super out of date mm-hmm. uh, there's actually one quite based in Hampshire oh wow cool yeah we where, should go meet up yeah, um, I'd I'd have to try and find them again. Okay. And finding stuff, finding cool stuff nowadays is much harder because things tend to be on a Discord, right? Because forums don't exist anymore, right? And they have to find. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd have. I'd, I, mean, I think it could be done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's, it's quite exciting. Uh, there's also been airsoft LARP. Mm-hmm. So um, I personally don't didn't enjoy my experience with that because wearing a mask meant that my role playing wasn't what it could have been it seems right. to be more like military simulation yeah. which i'm not i'm not i'm not fussed by sure. i don't wasn't your don't genre enjoy, yeah. like yeah yeah um i mean i mean, i read books on it but i don't i don't want to be doing it as a a role-playing experience because sure. i don't get to play a role <laughs> yeah um 
Uh, yeah, the laser tag stuff was quite fun. We did a Doctor Who. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Were um, they Daleks? Uh, Daleks tend to be a little impractical. We did have oh. Yetis. Okay. And we did have sound effects. I'm looking, I'm hearing the Doctor Who music. Uh, i got to say, Jessica, I'm sort of freaking yeah. out here because I'm like, is this in my head? What's going on here? And then I noticed that there's somebody going along, bearing a um, a portal CD player over their head, blasting and stuff. And I'm like... Amazing. That is very cool mm. because the laser stuff was a lot more techy than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's like generally touching is not something that one does to other people without explicit consent. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's all non-contact. And if you do make contact, it's generally because you picked up your phone dagger, which has been safety checked mm-hmm. to make sure that there's no... You can't accidentally imp- hurt someone, yeah. Yeah, yeah basically. Uh, like I, I, That was something I was very keen on because I quite liked the LARP archery. Mm-hmm. Um which is taking, uh, if you're, if, if you're uh, an archer listening to this, I'll describe a LARP, <laughs> a LARP arrow. Essentially, if you imagine a large foam ball mm. on the end of a stick, nice. okay. <laughs> it flies exactly as you imagined it would. So not And you great. have a maximum pull of 25 pounds, which is quite a lot, but also not a lot at the same time. Um, the main things about it is you never shoot at full draw when somebody's close to you, which I always thought was to avoid hurting the person. But whilst I was practicing uh, my shooting, I discovered actually you don't shoot at full draw because the the, the this sort of like it, the the idea it's like it's a, a foam head that's bigger than an eye socket, so it won't go into someone's eye. Oh, okay. Safety, yeah, that makes right? sense. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you hit someone in the face, which you don't aim for, um, but it could small targets. Yeah. You could, yeah, yeah. People duck into arrows. I've seen it happen. Right? <laughs> That's the kind of thing I would do. Cause I, yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sure it just go over your head, Jessica. You'll be fine. Um, just stand there, yeah. <laughs> like many yeah, things yeah. in life uh, do. But, yeah, I mean, so the the, the the arrow hits what you're aiming at. It This this uh, compresses this foam ball. And then it flies back towards where you were shooting. Right. Knock first. And... Um, one quick dodge later, I was like, my lesson is now learned. I now understand why I do not shoot that way. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. The, the ima- I do not want this to happen again. That was quite scary. <laughs> yeah. So, with LARP, so I, like, with LARP yes. mechanics, like, so obviously, yeah. like, you have that with combat. But when you don't have a combat mm. one, like, parlor LARPs and things, I've had some yeah. where we've had rules where, like... Well, you get mixed ones. Yeah. Like vampire. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could. Which, I think we, we, we talked about rock, paper, scissors at some point, didn't we? Well, I've heard of it. I've not been in it. But I've heard yeah. they do, oh, they yeah, do yeah. that's how they resolve uh, fights. If you're yeah. having a fight, they're like, who wins? Mm-hmm. Rock, paper, scissors, that yeah. person wins. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And um, But I've also had ones where you've had like magic in. So you've had to have different yeah. symbols, and things you do. Like if your character can go invisible, like you cross your arms over a chest and that means somebody's invisible mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's really interesting to see, because people have to be good role players to do that. Because as a person... Mm-hmm. You can see a character is standing there spying on you invisibly. <laughs> um, but your character doesn't know that. So you have to make sure yes. you apply player knowledge and character knowledge to to mm. carry on doing that scene authentically. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, that's one of the the skills that overlaps from role playing and LARPing is the, mm. the not metagaming because it demands it more yeah. in LARPing. Because Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And that, that sort of like the suspension of disbelief yes. sort yeah. of thing. Uh, which is that you sort of have to, in fact, also almost a credulity, like a belief that something is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sort of like laps into soft skills versus hard skills. All right, okay. Like a soft skill would be, 
um, if you have, say, the pit clock skill. Right. So you, uh, and the way that it does this in the system is there are seven grades of padlock, each of which has like a little key associated with it, multiple copies of. If you've got pit clock six, then every time you see a pit clock of a lock of six, one to six, then you can fit your key in there and open it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that would be quite a good way to sort of physically represent FizRep having a pick lock skill. Mm-hmm. And that would be a soft skill mm-hmm. because you don't you don't actually have to be able to do it. Yeah. Whereas if you had a hard skill system, then you'd get out your torsion wrench and your little rake and you'd have at it. Right. And actually pick the lock. But that feels and less like pick role playing than that feels just, you know. I mean, what is more authentically in character than actually doing it? But that's not. But then I feel it's not role playing because then that's like no. Well, yeah, because because sometimes I want to be a character that's not me. I want to play somebody that mm. can do things I yes. cannot do. Um yes. Like you know, perhaps somebody who's socially competent. I'd like to pretend to be once in a while, or somebody mm. who has their life together, maybe for example, or a mighty, or a mighty warrior, yeah. or a mighty warrior. Uh, any of these things. Yeah. I am not these things. So I'd love it if yeah. I don't want to be because I'm very like that in role playing, yeah. like. I got into a discussion yeah. with somebody the other day who told me I was wrong. That they, I was, it was the classic argument of, if you're playing a high charisma character, it's okay to say, oh, when I find some way to convince the guard, uh, I, I convince mm. them and roll your charisma. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not going to make you sit there and have that conversation if you as a player yeah. do not know how to approach that. Because you're playing a character who does, and that's fine. Mm. In the same yeah. way... That, like, if, you know, you're playing a really high-strength character, I'm going to be like, okay, before you try and move that thing, come and you actually in real-life yeah, yeah. deadlift that amount of weight to prove that yeah. you can do it. That's 100 kilograms off yeah. the drop. Um, <laughs> and that, I would be fine with that, because I can lift 225 pounds. But, uh, <laughs> but um, the, no, but anyway, the point is, and I think that should be the same in LARPs as well. Like, you should mm. be able to do things that, if you want to play a character mm. that can do this thing, but you actually cannot do that thing. It's good, but the the issue yeah. comes in with LARPs about the charisma thing, because mm-hmm. in LARPs you are actually talking. Yes. So I, I don't know how to get around that. Uh, Do you know what I mean? What, 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 how could you... Oh. If you were doing a LARP mm. and you're like, I'm not, like, really quick, really witty, <laughs> really... Yeah, but yeah. I want to play someone that is, like, I don't know if that... Mm. Is that even possible? Um, it's certainly... Uh, I don't really know, actually. Yeah, because that's um, what I was thinking. Like, just, just doing it has someone who's innately gifted in that would be very hard. You could have it so you could have magical abilities to do that. Yes, that's um, true. And things like, say, status, uh, mm-hmm. which is often associated with that, you could also do. Yeah, that's um, true. Like, I've, seen, I've seen things like um, name tags or little buttons or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's actually... I mean, certainly, if you could... If, so, if someone knows a good way to do that, please, please let us know, because actually yeah. that is one of the more vexing questions yeah. of how to do a soft skill really charismatic character yeah exactly oh. yeah i was thinking about like because like, that so that's an example of one mm. of the things i can think of where larps yes. are different overlap and have differences what things yeah. do you think about larps and role-playing games are very similar like what are the what are uh, the big overlaps that make them like a, a combined genre do you think oh cracky uh well uh the role-playing is definitely it. Mm-hmm. uh that that's where I picked up a lot of my hard skills for doing characters, mm-hmm. like doing character voices. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why it's very... Yeah, I mean, that, that that's why I have invested a lot of time and effort into do, being able to do different accents, Fair. into studying how to do different things, because if I want to portray a character to someone who's standing opposite me, then I want to be able to do it. Yeah. And that's something I put a lot of thought into. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, 
the accents that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and do it because I'm trying to evoke an emotional response or mm-hmm. play upon people's like sort of like the, the the sort of stereotypes that people have in their head. Yeah, preconceived by playing emotion. towards that. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I wasn't actually very confident when I first started laughing, and you know what was quite good for confidence? It was going around and just talking to a whole field full of strangers, like four times a year for like hours at a time, yeah. um, and. And to do that, what I did was I used like an Irish accent and I talked to people like this. And everyone was like, well, yeah, he's an Irish fella. What's an, it, what's an lovely. endearing, lovely Irish man? Lovely. Yeah, basically, yeah. You've just found um, it. The, the way to play a high charisma character, if you're not that charismatic, slap on an yeah. Irish accent. Done. You would be surprised. I'm not. That's why not. I was saying. <laughs> I mean, it worked for me. Everyone was like, clearly a nice person. Yeah. Um, and often, true, not always. Uh, and certainly when I was playing, um, like, uh, I mean, it's different games. Like, sometimes you're trying to do things like a, an ancient world mm-hmm. LARP. Yeah. Uh, like Odyssey, which is long past. And that, obviously, being the ancient world, you had uh, Greece, um, mm-hmm. Egypt, Rome, Carthage, and Persia. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, just trying to find, like, sort of an appropriate accent. And some people felt that using like a more Persian or sometimes Indian accent, which is not the same place, mm-hmm. but sure, uh, it's fine, was a good way to do that. But for myself, uh, what I wanted to do, right, was I wanted to do like someone who was like a real egg breaker in it. Um, so I, I leaned heavily into my sort of poor Cockney slash West London accent, this, which are not the same place. This, um, this but, but, but basically, yeah, sort of a vaguely threatening demeanor. Mm-hmm. Or demeanor, or how you say it, uh, and and that sort of accent, and it's like that. That was hopefully evoking in people the response that I wanted, mm-hmm. which was to say, "This person is probably not that bright. I suspect, or I don't know, but they're certainly they're certainly keen on violence. They're certainly which, keen on which, violence. Which, to be fair, which was very much the attitude I was going for. I'd like to think mm-hmm. the armor and the swords and the arrows and the bow helped. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that that was that was like a playing a group of religious war cultists. Okay. So that that was. Very much on brand, and uh, I very much enjoyed that character. It sounds like what what you're saying is laughing yeah. helped you get some skills to bring into roleplay and boosted your confidence yes. in it. It's like that's yeah. kind of like I, mean, I I feel very much the same way as well. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, in like psychotherapy, you have cognitive behavioural therapy, mm-hmm. which is gaslighting is... yourself pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Consensually gaslighting yourself into, yeah, better <laughs> behaviours. But please do not. <laughs> Am I wrong, yeah, though? Yeah. Uh, well, like, um, okay, sorry, sure. <laughs> um, so, so when you have, like... Uh, I wish everyone could have seen Peter's face just then. It was great. <laughs> sorry, carry on, carry on. It's like, yeah, yeah, yes, okay. Yes, um, could, could you not? <laughs> please, please desist. It's, it's using your uh, skills for, for good instead of evil. Because it's the same yeah, well, skill it, sets. It, well, it's, it's like a. I, I was going to say, I, I'm not. It's not me doing that sort of thing, but it's uh-huh. like sort of. In retrospect, I'm like, well, actually, what I'm doing is uh-huh. where I'm saying to myself, oh, I would be shy. It would actually be like, no, actually, go and be go and be nice to someone, uh-huh. um, and be nice to someone. And I mean, I must say, like, uh, I also developed a lot of skills. I, I I have found in therapy as well, which is like. Mm-hmm. My own personal thing is like person-centered therapy, which is all about listening to people. Yes. 
I have to say that when you're in a field full of people who are desperately trying to portray a character, listening, smiling, nodding attentively means they will tell you all their plans. Oh yeah. Like they will just they will just tell you like everything. Because uh, they are they are just so desperate to tell you, and it's really good because then you can take these plans and use the information mm-hmm. for your for your own nefarious means. So, <laughs> like I said, that's that's why maybe I wasn't always such a, a nice character, but it, it was it was quite good fun. And one of the things that somebody who had been doing it for like 10, 15 years more than me at that time said to me is nobody ever lies because they're desperately trying to convince people that they are this character. So they're very focused on like being in character and telling the truth in character, but they never stop to think, well, actually, maybe the next step up is to, like, lie about what you're up to. And having multiple cover stories was one of my absolute favourite things to do. Like, you'd you'd have a really basic cover story, and then you'd have a plausible cover story underneath that, which would explain some of the things you're doing, and then you had your true intentions underneath that, um, and, and quite frankly, the top player worked 95% of the time, if not more. You see, I would assume, yeah. maybe it's because the laugh I'm, laughs I'm doing at the moment are quite political mm. in that sense. Mm. I'm assuming mm. everyone to some degree is lying to me. And not an outright yeah. lie, but more of a, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you this bit. I'm going to leave, I'm not going to tell you about element B over there. I'm not mm. technically lying, I'm just admitting that bit, because you don't need yeah. to know about that. So that's really interesting yeah. that most people don't. Um, oh no! I, I, I just flat up make stuff up. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, I, I'm at a lot. Why not? Exactly. Well, no, <laughs> making stuff up is what we're all about. Exactly. But um, yeah. but, just, but, but it's quite it's it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. No, but thinking about two of the thing, some things that LARPs, skills LARPs gave me that I brought to my role play. Yeah. Uh, so mm. one of them was uh, safety tools because yes. when I first started role playing, safety tools weren't really mentioned. The general rule was just, no. hey, don't be a dick just quite mm-hmm. vague and people have different boundaries and expectations yeah. and as we know with safety tools sometimes somebody does something yeah. not because they're being a dick but just because they don't know that you are terrified of x thing so yeah, yeah. yeah. so but anyway uh, but it's when i started doing laps there was a lot of safety stuff in it when i started and i was like mm. wow this gives me really clear boundaries mm. it allows yeah. me to i know what space i'm playing with i know what the rules are mm. i'm somebody that likes yeah. rules a lot let's not read into why um mm. and i really like that structure and that's something i bought then into mm. my role-playing games because i researched that mm. a bit more mm. and the second thing is something you kind of mentioned um when you were saying mm. being quiet and letting people do their thing is how do i give mm. somebody good game how do i yes. be a good character for someone else to bounce off not as and yeah. this is as a player not as a gm obviously as a gm that's probably oh, yeah, a skill set yeah. you have already but somebody mm. where i was which is just i'm always a player um, mm. making sure that you're being something good for somebody to bounce off. Because in LARPs, I had somebody mm. in my very first one beforehand, we did a little brief and got mm. to know each other, and they came over and said, what What can I do to enhance your story? Like with my character, we obviously have this dynamic. Oh. Is there any things you'd like me to do? Or do? And I was like, wow. And that was really great to say because yeah. it just it just let them know this is the mm. kind of things I want to explore in our characters and do stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, that's amazing. And I was like, why don't I do that in role-playing games? Because that's the same mm. thing. Like, Because I know, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people sometimes do stars and wishes after their session, which is where they feed back yeah. things, which which kind of fills which that role. Which things they enjoyed most and what they'd like to see more Exactly, yeah, yeah. yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. But um, And I was like, wow, but just the idea of going out to play... And I do that with other players on my table now Ooh. sometimes. Like If we're just hanging out doing something else, I'm like, hey, I was thinking about our game nice. with this. Our characters have this kind of thing. Is there anything you'd like me to play up or do more of or do less of and, mm. you know, for us to do? And doing that, I think, is really cool because it made really especially for a long running campaign when we've got characters that are, you know, going through stuff together and traveling together and you mm. want to kind of have 
some moments where they're a team, they're a party. Like if you look at Critical Role, you know, from there, mm-hmm. like the, the Vox Machina area, they've got these characters that have yeah. such rich kind of dynamics and interpersonal things. And mm. sometimes having a conversation out of character and be like, hey, what, what, what do you want yeah. for this? What can I do to be a good, mm. you know, thing for you or, or allow you to yeah. bring out and explore? And so LARP taught me that, yeah. which was really, really great. So yeah, so, yeah and I understand uh, that LARP yeah. is not for everybody because I know some people... Oh, I think some, some from it's their worst nightmare. Yeah, you have to go meet strangers yes. whilst wearing fancy clothes. Yes, outside. Well, it's not. I don't often go outside. I very rarely oh, love true. outside. But no. yeah, no, not in the wilderness. Yeah, I, I, I do tend to favour the the. I, I'm less keen on camping. I won't lie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I've never, not I've never liked it. No, I never liked it. But it's like it sort of. I could get my I could get my LARP fix through camping. So it became a necessary evil, but quite frankly, it's just like... Oh. I will camp if I have to, but I don't understand why I have to make a temporary shelter when I have a permanent one somewhere that's very comfortable. Exactly, exactly. You know, I yeah. just... But anyway, but yeah, mm. so those are kind of some skills that I took from LARP into my roleplay. And I think the two go yes. go really well. And I'd, if you're really into your roleplay and you like quite high levels of roleplay in your game and quite freeform, I'd really recommend doing a LARP at mm. some point trying to get involved mm. in a parlor lot there's some facebook groups i'm in that do those you know so there there are ways to, to kind of find your way in uh, maybe i'll put some things on the en world uh forum because i think there's a i'm pretty sure there's a larp section on en world yeah yeah i'll be shocked i mean what one of the things that you brought up for me when mm-hmm. talking about like um how to make other people's game a good experience talking about safety tools mm-hmm. and talking about like you know the freedom you have to express yourself because the sort of things you can... Uh, I, I guess one of the things that you can do at a LARP, which you would not realistically be able to do at a table, mm-hmm. is to have more time and space to emote. Yes. And have side conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, a LARP is like just a billion side conversations, which is awesome. I love side conversations. Uh, I mean, for, for at one stage, it was just like I, I was going for the people and role-playing with them and doing whatever we wanted to. And there was a plot, sure, but after a couple of times round, there's only so many times you can say to Wolf if you're like, well, well, this look after itself, you know, it needs to sort of uh, woman up and woman up, get 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 itself sorted out, and like, you know, just just look after itself for five minutes. I'm I'm tired. Yeah. I've saved it like three times already. I'm done. It's like whatever. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. It hasn't blown up so far. It'll be fine. Yes. So. Mm. And that was trauma gowning. Is that a phrase you've heard? It's not. Okay. Right. Um, so obviously, if I say something, if you go to a lot to do ball gowning, mm-hmm. that obviously to makes a certain amount of sense. You think, okay, I like dressing up. I do. Um, I want to wear a ball gown. Yes. And going off and looking absolutely amazing. Yeah. Possibly whilst being served tea and little cakes. Yeah, that sounds great. That that for some some people I knew, their whole game was going along and doing that and essentially doing a minor reenactment of Pride and Prejudice. Whilst plotting, whilst other people yes. really loved dressing up like her servants and bringing them tea and little cakes and complaining about them bitterly, yeah. <laughs> but like in character. Yeah. And that was like amazing role play for all involved mm-hmm. because I don't know, we live in the UK and we're all about class. Yeah. Because reasons. Yeah. Leave us alone. Anyway. <laughs> so trauma gowning yeah. is when you go to do ball gowning, but your stated aim is to have the worst possible time for your character that you can imagine it's like the most dramatic horrible terrible things like the most emotional pain you could possibly go through you're you're describing nordic larp pretty much there 
Because yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, these are the kind of games that I end up playing a lot, but I didn't know yeah. that word for it. Hmm. So now I have a word for that. Yeah. Which is great, thank you. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I just like to be clear. I do not in any way use that word pejoratively. Yes. I th- I use it completely descriptively, and just because I know exactly where we stand. Yeah. You came for trauma and looking awesome. Yes. I'm like, yeah, okay, sweet. I'm done with that. Yeah. How can I help you have a better game? Exactly. <laughs> and that was one of the a game I played in. It was a week, the first weekend long one I did, which is you are. Um, I've forgotten the name of it. Oh, yeah, no idea. It's called On Location. And there's it's rented mm. this big house, and you it's meant to be on a film mm. set in like the 1930s, um, yeah. and you're waiting for the director, and you'll slowly descend into madness, waiting for the director because he doesn't come for months and months, and it's a very kind of existential <laughs> waiting for Godot type thing. Um, yes. Oh my god! Yes. Oh, that sounds so. It's awful. a fantastic awesome. laugh. It was really great, and that was one of the early yeah. ones I did as well, and it really that was the things that taught me mm. about a lot about safety because they were they were really hot mm. on that. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, and they were, they, so it was all about that. And they also did, um, that was where the first player came to us was like, hey, how can I give you a better game? Like what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was, yeah, it was really good. So I'm tra- mm. trauma gowning, is it? That's trauma gowning. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure some people will use it in a negative sense. And they're just wrong. So um, I, I've only ever seen it. I'm like, yes, this is a really good word. I approve this word. It's awesome. Great. So I, 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 I mean, for people who want to really, really, because I, I am a big believer in turning things up to 11. Yes. Wherever possible. Yes. I want my rules turned up to 11. I want my role playing turned up to 11. I'd like the emotional experience to be as much fun as possible. Amazing. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, mm. All right. So I feel like we talked a little bit about LARPs and role play, the things we've taken yeah. from role playing to LARPs and LARPs into role play. Yes. What, what else do we have to talk about that topic? Have we covered it? Um,. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose probably the big difference for me mm-hmm. between tabletops and live action roleplay in my approach, because a lot of my approach to tabletop has been informed by my live action roleplay experience. Okay. For instance, the idea that uh, a thing that I do not enjoy in a live action roleplay is watching um, two of the ref team being in character and having a fight or having an argument with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think that is dull in a tabletop role-playing game, I assure you it is much worse when done by people in suits welling away at each other with big rubber suits. It's like watching the worst possible amateur dramatic amateur dramatic theatre. Because, <laughs> like, we're not professional actors. And you don't have to be a yes. professional actor. You don't have to be any good. You don't have to even do a voice. Yeah. Right? I don't. I never like, do voices. I have this voice. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 like the, the, the barrier to entry is low. But the thing is, nobody cares um, about whether you're bad. They'll notice if you're good, but they won't really care if you're bad because you're in a field full of people who are all trying to be good. It is incredibly hard to stay in character um, for any length of time if you are, say, doing like a haunted house or you're doing like a, a play in the street and you've got people around you looking at you because you've constantly got an outside observer, breaking your immersion. Mm-hmm. At a lot, immersion is easy yeah. and and it's really highly valued. The more immersive you can make a spot, the more people like it. So you'd have like canvas tents rather than like nylon. Um, you don't have like artificial music playing. You have people who, again, with their hard skills, have invested time in learning to play like lutes, yeah. lyres, mm-hmm. and 
I don't even know the names for these archaic instruments, yeah. but I love it when someone breaks out something and makes music out of yeah. a random collection of mm-hmm. strings and wood. All right. Amazing. Love it. Um, and singing. Like, people will come along and sing, like, in-character songs that they've written. Sometimes they filk them, as in they've taken a popular song and changed the words and lyrics. Other times they're original compositions. Other times they're like, you know, sea shanties and so forth that have been repurposed. There's just so much creativity. And costumes as well. Like, um, I've seen, I think probably my most impressive dragon encounter at a LARP was uh, some, uh, the character was called Balthazar, and essentially they were in a mobile dragon that sat in a tent, and he sort of came into this, like, sort of slightly smoky tent where they were sitting around with their servants waiting on them. He'd have, like, a conversation with someone who sat there for a whole weekend in this big dragon costume. It's like, you know, say, like, I don't know, six foot, like, of body, six foot wide body sort of thing, with a, like, a, I don't know, four foot of head plonked on top and <laughs> big wings. I mean, it didn't move around very much, there's, like, minutes what you can yeah. do, but it, it, it looked the business, and, uh, yeah, sometimes people are walking around with it, like, airbrushing, like, latex prosthetics, you get to see some, like, really cosplay-grade stuff. Yeah. But also, it's cosplay that has to be able to stand up to being in the field yes, from a Friday to a Sunday. Yeah. And that is, that is hard. Yeah. But, I mean, people make the effort, and I love it. Yeah. No, I, I like LARPs as well, because I think sometimes people, people feel intimidated by costuming, because some mm. of this stuff is expensive and takes a lot of mm-hmm. time, and some people no. can't afford to buy really expensive stuff and don't have enough free no. time to, to make all the stuff. Um, so I really yeah. like it when you have a variety of... So you say to people, yeah, you go all out if you want to. But equally, if you just want to turn up in a white shirt and a pair of black trousers, that'll do. You know, we can we can work yeah. with that. So I, I love yeah. it when LARPs are accessible like that, that give you options so that you don't feel you have to. I, I mean, I've got to say, it's all about, it's, it's very similar to women's fashion. It's all about layering. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot of time. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? It's all about layering. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. more layers you have on, the better you look like. So I probably would go with a white t-shirt and maybe go with like your Metallica one turned inside out. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know, like a simple tunic is not beyond the width of yes. uh, anyone to make. Exactly. And people will lend you stuff. Yeah. That's the thing like, I found. Everyone. It's really good. I, when I went to my first mm. one that was like a, a ball mm. setting one, I did not yeah. own a ball gown because I don't know how many people... I now own well, three. I, like three. I now <laughs> no, I now I now own three because I do laugh regularly. But I um, at the time didn't because I wasn't laughing, yeah. and I'm like I'm a normal person. I don't go to balls. <laughs> um, uh, but I was like, oh, I don't really. And three people came up to me yeah. that said, oh, um, we're a similar uh, height and body shape. Do you want to try some mm. of my dresses and see if they fit? And now I tend to do that for other people because now I do have three ball gowns. Oh. Last now, now there's an event. I, if somebody's a similar height and body shape to me, I can be like, "Hey, do you want to yeah. try?" Obviously, if, you know, if somebody I'm only five foot tall, yeah. so someone I have a friend who's really into LARP, uh, but she's like a, a lot taller than I am, and so I was like if you borrow one of my dresses, it's going to come to your knees. <laughs> so, and I cannot borrow her dresses because I will, it'll have like a, a train, like, train. you know, that I'll need a, a, a carriage of mice to kind of carry for me, which I don't have. But, um, uh, 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 Jessica, yeah. obvious answer, stilts. Well, they're called high heels and I can, <laughs> I have trotted about in seven inch high heels before, but it's, it's precarious. And hard on the feet. It's hard yes. on the feet. Um, but anyway, yes. but another thing about um, I want to mm. talk about with the difference between LARPs and role-playing games is the, yeah. um, so in a role-playing game, you're generally all sat around the table mm. and you all experience, so you're, you're both telling stories. 
Uh, in a role-playing yeah. game, you're telling stories all uh, together. So you're sat around the table and yes. we're all sat here chatting. And we generally, I will see everything that's kind of going on. Even if I'm not yeah. directly involved, I'll, I'll witness it in a LARP. Oh, even yeah. if you're doing a smaller LARP with like 10 mm. people, um, no, yeah. but especially if you're in a big LARP with like that, you mentioned like a festival one with hundreds, oh, yeah. if not thousands no, yeah. of people, mm. you are mm. never mm. going to, you're not going to see anything. You're going to focus on your little part no. of the story that is part of the bigger thing. And the thing I love about no. LARPs is afterwards, the ones I've been to, everyone gets together afterwards and tells stories of their perspective of the LARP. And that's yeah. the bit I add, like the debrief, and I absolutely love that because in the ones that yeah. we have with with my group of friends, our ongoing lot we have going on, there's about it's less than twenty of us, but there's that's mm-hmm. enough that there's so many different subplots going on and things happening that mm. nobody knows about. Um, so yeah. when someone will sit down and be like, "Oh, this whole thing happened," and I'll be like, "It did. Tell me more." And it's nice because we all mm. get into because ultimately, people that like LARP, people that like role playing, are people that love stories and love telling stories, and usually yes. are quite enigmatic telling them. So I love at the end mm. sitting down and just winding down and just having a chat about all the stories that this told. And in some ways, sometimes you're you're a part of it, like you'll touch a corner of it. So when they say, "Oh, and then mm. this happened," you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that happening," and you had no idea mm. that it had this whole bigger effect. And it feels yeah. very cool. It feels like you're in the Marvel multiverse sort of situation. Like yeah. you you have your one story, but actually it's building up to yeah. a bigger thing. And I really like yeah. that about LARP. But, um, and that is the difference it has with role-playing is that obviously, but if, if you don't like that, if you feel like a big fear mm. of missing out, role-playing is probably better because you're all sat around the table. You're all telling that story together yeah. as a group. Um, yeah. So that's some of the differences that I find as you, well. You, you very much have to be prepared to make your own game. Yes. Um, like, I had an experience at LARP, which I very much enjoyed, mm-hmm. but it could have gone horribly wrong for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed up for, I think it was a contact LARP, mm-hmm. and the idea is that you're making first contact with some aliens for the first time ever. Oh, yeah, I think like, I've heard of this yeah, one, yeah. You, yeah, there's, there's been, like, a bunch of them run. Um, and this one, like, I just got in on it because I happened to be awake at a silly time in the morning mm-hmm. when they put it up. Said, oh, I'll do it. I put in my background and they didn't do a great job of fitting me in. Mm-hmm. So the person that I was going to be working with on my team, his brief was that he absolutely hated my guts. Oh, wow. I had no idea about this. So as far as I can make out, it was the player rather than the character that was just being really unpleasant towards me. Oh. So I was like, mm, that sucks. And that could have ruined my weekend mm-hmm. very easily. Yeah, yeah. But, but as it was, it's in an industrial setting. Um, and at the time, I'd been doing a lot of corporate work. So I was like, well, I guess I'm on my own here. Um, see what happens. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Let's do some health and safety drills. <laughs> Which I know sounds like completely bizarre. But don't forget, like, there's a lot of people here who want to be doing stuff. And there's mm-hmm. not necessarily enough plot for them to do. So, like, we had the, like, the disposal for the, uh, like, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a radioactive reactor where right. you have to, like, dress up. In like this full biohazard suit to go and look at, and like that was like people's engineer game, and they loved that. But to sort of like deal with some of the waste, it was like for some reason the disposal was in the was in the living quarters. And I'm like looking at, it, I'm thinking that's 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 an accident waiting to happen. That was you can tell it works in health and safety. I'm kind. Yes. So I I basically started organising and arranging a drill to um, to deal with like emptying that out and. um, getting security guards to clear a path and getting people to move around, which is deeply immersive because that's the sort of thing that you need to be doing. Um, Nobody else was going to do it. And I don't know, it was just like, it gave me something to do because I was being cut out of the rest of the plot by this guy. 
um, based on a briefing which I had no way of knowing about. So, yeah, like, I'm not saying that will happen to you if you go LARPing, but like I say, you just got to be prepared to go off and do your own thing yeah. and you come up with your own stuff. A, be, be, be motivated. Uh, yeah, another big difference that brings out is in a role-playing game, you're mm. sat around a table and the GM is there running the game. Mm. And so it can be yeah. quite obvious to a GM if you've not done anything for a while. So generally a GM will be yeah. like, oh, what are you doing? Um, yeah. So, but in a LARP... Or at least check in. If yeah. it's a sandbox LARP, you will generally be mm. given a character sheet telling you about your character and stuff you are trying to do in your goals. Mm. And mm. then you are just kind of left to it. So sometimes yeah. it can feel, you can feel a little lost, like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I think we've all been yeah. in a role-playing game like that where we're like, I'm aware I should be doing this, but I have no idea how to achieve it and, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. meant to do. Luckily, you have yeah. a GM there that can kind of guide you and give you a bit more, but it's not quite the same in a LARP. So I think sometimes, yeah. exactly like you say, sometimes you have to just make your own game for a bit. You have to be like, okay, yeah. well, I'll just get involved with this over here <laughs> or I'll just yeah. do this. Um, so you kind of have to be a little yeah. bit confident to kind of, kind of do that a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It so depends on the LARP because some LARPs are very yeah. action. There's stuff always happening and plot twists mm-hmm. are thrown in. But other ones are more, generally they'll be called sandbox Sedate. LARPs. Yeah. And it'll just mm-hmm. be like, here's a playing space. There's your character. Off you go. Go explore. Yeah. Um, and and, and, that, and that, different that's styles, a really good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like uh, one of the first maelstroms I went to, uh, I ended up doing an actual investigation, oh. and that's where the whole thing about soft skills and hard skills mm-hmm. really comes to the fore. Because like I could have had like I don't think there was an, um, no I'm sure there wasn't an investigation skill. So basically, it involved me going around with my mate to various camps, taking witness statements mm-hmm. and recreating. What happened to this guy that disappeared? And people were like, he's disappeared and these people murdered him. And we found out it probably wasn't. And then we were just going around finding out what happened and then broke the peace deal afterwards. Nice. 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. It, 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 I mean, like, you know, just because I needed something to do and I figured this would be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like go, going around writing stuff down. It's like, it's just re. I mean, you can't do that in a tabletop game because... Yeah. It would be really intensely boring for everyone else at the table to have to listen to you interrogating someone. And it's the sort of thing that would get elided over. Like, you know, you say, okay, we get, like, as a gym, I'd be like, you know, we'd play out a bit of it, but then it'd be like, we're going to move on and you get this information out of them. And that would be fun. But at a LARP, this is actually, the actual process of doing this is the fun itself. Yes. Um, I mean, I've I've, I've had some, like, uh, doing, like, uh, interrogations like for some people, they think about torture and so forth. It's like, well, that's that's a terrible way. Yeah, you, you won't get any good information that and way. It, it, yeah, it doesn't it do. doesn't actually work either because if you're torturing someone, they just tell yeah. you whatever they yeah. think you want to hear. Yeah. So so so, so yeah. It doesn't it's even just like work. Just ask. No, exactly. So like, I don't know why it would work in a LARP either. So instead, what I do is just ask people questions um, <laughs> and go over the questions again. And and again, it's like yeah, that sort of process. You cannot do that at a tabletop because it's really boring. <laughs> yes. For the other people who are essentially the audience. Mm. Like, I don't understand what you're yes. doing. But for the people who are actually doing it, yeah. it's fantastic role playing. You can create those sort of like really key moments. And again, romances. Um, I don't enjoy romance at the tabletop mm-hmm. because I don't generally like play with people that I wish to interact with romantically. Um, well, sometimes okay. my wife's there. But I feel weird trying to do a romance in character. It's not it's something like, you're comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, maybe with another player, but then I'd feel bad because I'm taking away screen time from everyone else with just, like, my things. And mm-hmm. quite quite frankly, it's like, 
if I'm bored enough to be doing a romance, I feel that I'm at the wrong game, and what I would like to be doing is I'd like to be following whatever plot, hopefully with action and adventure, because that's the sort of thing I want to be doing as a tabletop role-playing game. Fair enough. But at a LARP, having those quiet moments mm-hmm. where like, you can make eye contact across the room, like, you know, possibly, if you're feeling very risky, a bit of passionate hand-holding. Gosh. And intense gazing, I know, I know. That's why a Regency oh. setting's so great, because you know it's, it's not, yeah. never going to be anything more scandalous than that. Ooh. Like, I was in a, I no, was in no, a no. Regency lot with my friends, and I was playing a character who's a bit of a, a gossipy woman, and she went out into the courtyard, and her friend, a single unmarried woman, was out there alone with a single unmarried man, and then when he said goodbye to her, he touched her elbow... And it was the most exciting thing that had ever happened to my character in her whole life. And she went and told everybody. She was like, they were alone in the garden. And, then, and uh, but yeah, but yeah. So sometimes I think, yeah, romance yeah. and larks can be really great because it's such small little things like that that just create moments. Yeah. And those characters were having like their own moment and things like that. But for me, as somebody just observing that, I was like, oh, the drama mm. of it all. He touched her yeah, elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you can Absolutely. get that in role-playing games because I've enjoyed, I enjoy... Um, interactions mm-hmm. between characters in um, yeah. games and um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy exploring relationships in, in groups and things like that and I think sometimes yeah. having a romantic relationship is a, just a different type of relationship to, to explore mm-hmm. of course you need to make right. sure the other player is happy to do that like because obviously yeah. like I, you said Peter you're like mm, that's not something I'm interested in exploring so I wouldn't probably with your character engage with that no. um, okay. uh, and but with other people it is and generally for mm-hmm. me as well they've not been players that I've been interested in flirting with <laughs> so I, I wouldn't as a player be doing that yeah. but it's an it's something mm. between the two characters which isn't like entirely separate so yeah. I have a good separation of that in my mind anyway for LARP and for uh oh for absolutely yeah, yeah. but yeah but yeah so yeah. hopefully this rambly description of things that are that we've taken from LARP to put into role play things that are different things that are the same has been interesting mm. um yes if you're thinking of giving LARP a go I'd really recommend it um because mm. I thoroughly enjoy it i'll just say make sure whoever you're doing it with somebody that's run it a few times and has good understanding of safety and that you know who you can go Mm. and speak to if you're not sure what to do or what's going on yeah yeah and those are my general thoughts sounds good are we are we done for the week peter well that i it sounds like we have completely just exhausted the topic of i'm sure we could waffle on more but we're going for a drink later so we can we can we can pick it back up then off the air if if we want Right, and on that note, we shall leave. Next week, I will not be here. Um, so I'm yes. Russ. You and Russ will be be here to talk about other stuff and other things. One hundred percent guarantee that we won't be live action wrong. Exactly, <laughs> which is why I thought we'd take the opportunity this week. Amen. amen. Anyway, let's go. All right. <laughs>
We'll just say something like, oh, yay, Ross isn't here, so we can do whatever we want. We get to write the sketch this week. Great. It's not going to include all these things, and we just say all the stuff we hate about Ross's sketch, sketches to, to, to make fun of him in his absence, because we're ooh, those kind of people. Ooh, okay, that could be a little bit mean, but... No. Like, well, no, I was okay. thinking... Okay, maybe not. I was just thinking, like, well, at least it won't include any clowns, or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, things like that. And we'll guarantee this week that we'll be able to put an ending on it. Uh, and, of course, we don't put an ending on it. <laughs> 